0: In 2016, scientists on Earth detected a fast radio burst from a distant region of space with no observable stars. This signal contained a constant series of data packets and a decryption key. Once decrypted, the data contained a number of transmissions from two planets in a binary system. Included in the data was a translation matrix that researchers used to translate the entries as best as possible into English. The following transmissions were declassified by the scientific community and given to us to present. Log Entry, Vina 40, 2323, Age of Enlightenment. Hey, hey, Ori. I'm so glad to hear from you. Your second message arrived several months after the first one, and that was a little bit of a stressful time. The story you relayed to me is the first real understanding we've had of what happened on Vela, so I decided to allow Ekal to release it to the public. Congratulations on breaking news on two planets. I'm not sure even my mom managed to pull that off. Things are odd here, I won't lie. I've been keeping my head down and my claws on the keyboard, as the saying goes. We've spent several months wondering what happened, and speculation started to run a little rampant. I'm not sure your coverage helped much, and honestly, some old fears are starting to percolate again. Bradith was in the middle of a series of planned rolling reboots when Bella went black. We're still working on that software issue I was telling you about, and while ECal followed Verkstad's lead and ripped out most of the original equipment, we've still got some hardwired systems, like airlocks, that are running on ancient tech. We actually lost someone to an airlock incident several months ago. It was a pretty terrible scene anyway we didn't realize Vela had gone dark until after all the systems were back up because we had anticipated some lag and potential issues with the receivers and other equipment it was actually the radio telescope lab that first alerted ecal to a potential change in the communications pattern and we had to get a bunch of telescopes retasked to get visual confirmation i'm not really a part of that program so i don't know what they did And I'm pretty sure I'm not supposed to talk about it anyway, so... Yeah... An attack? Ori, what the heck is happening on your planet? What is a bomber? And when did the Reef Guard have the time and resources to build those? We've been debating, and it seems like it's some kind of aerial craft that can drop explosives? Air defenses? How did nobody see any of this stuff getting built? News of this potential civil war has caused a number of mana to begin to re-examine their opinions of Vela. Chonar is clearly a disruptive entity, and seems to be gaining a substantial amount of power and influence in certain parts of your planet. Most mana, and certainly those in power, realize there isn't much of a direct threat to Haimavina from a war on Vela, At least right now. Now, Remember that my people are very long-lived, and those whose opinions of your government soured after the punishment leveled against Isnid are still in power. Protectionist factions, which grew out of the environmentalist party within the Sancoma, have used the Blackout on Vela as an excuse to expand the planetary defense Sawyer. I'm not really sure what this organization has been doing, other than the totally useless response of, planetary defense whenever you ask one of them about it. I will say they've got pretty cool uniforms, and they managed to get the newly built ground control center that was supposed to go to ECAL as their headquarters. I hear they pay well, too. My mom thinks I'm being a bit overdramatic about the whole thing, but we don't really have a long history of armed organizations on haimavina and this just seems like a poorly thought out idea. But I'm just an astronaut, so who's going to listen to me? All of that is beyond my control and, frankly, my interest. I've been hiding in a lab or a spaceship for most of my adult life, and it suits me just fine. Thank you very much. Space joke. ECAL has begun to shift the bulk of the flight control mission to Braddath to account for the ever-growing volume of traffic between here and Gisto station. We've installed a bunch of new equipment and it works pretty well, except ECAL computer security regulations require that our main storage servers be air-gapped from any potential ancient systems. That isn't a huge deal, except when we need to pull historical data, which I've been doing as part of my current assignment. Then, it's a really huge deal, like massive pain in the Raskat type huge. I heard from a buddy of mine that they're still having trouble at Vitsini. Apparently, every time they get a patch completed, the system reboots, tries to cut their access, and overwrites all of their software. Because we can't get out there very easily, this all has to be done remotely and it's becoming a major issue. My friend said it's as if they're fighting some kind of sophisticated computer software, or maybe even something that's artificially intelligent. So what have I been doing while you're out risking your neck? I landed a coveted and extra sexy assignment to untangle some of the communication signals that we've been receiving. Ignore the sarcasm, I'm actually having a blast. I basically get free reign of the signals library and all the processing space I can grab. Overnight. I don't have much to report yet, but I have made two pretty interesting discoveries. One is this maddeningly annoying signal that seems to disappear every time I get close to isolating it. I've started to call it the ghost in the machine. The other one, Ori, you're going to love this, is what I'm pretty sure was the signal from the ancient satellite you guys launched back into space. We've actually been receiving it since right about on schedule after the launch, but it's been routed to a disused server that we hadn't shifted over from ancient tech. The signal isn't ancient, and we haven't figured out how to safely shift it out yet without creating an opening for any of the potentially maligned software that's been trying to push us out of the Braddith systems. It's certainly more than enough to keep this astronaut happily working. Be careful, Lila. okay? I know I, I say that all the time, but it really does sound like there's some dangerous stuff happening on Vella. Talk soon, Helgi
1: Log Entry Vella forty one Vella Rotat twenty six forty five Cycle eighteen of the tenth Annual Hey Hey Helgi The last two Rotats have been really hectic and I was very happy to hear back from you. With everything going on your transmission was exactly what I needed. I'm not sure what you've learned about what's happening here from available transmissions and from the general broadcasts. But it's been so much worse than what even the average Velen has heard, unless they're right in the deep of it. The air assault I described before went on for three full annuls. The initial attack hit a number of key points around the continent and damaged many major installations. Estimates are that it sent Seneth back decades in capability... The assault was carried out by a large number of air skiffs specifically designed to drop explosive devices. These were modified from an older technology that my grandfather described to Iria many rotats ago so that they could function better in a humid environment. The devastation it wrought was immeasurable. The first hit was on the fusion plant, since most of the power consumption relied on it. This caused the blackout you may have seen. La'ar's own reef guard did their best to defend with air skiffs of their own, and eventually, Chonar had exhausted their supplies. I wish I could say that was the end of it, but it got worse. From there, skiffs docked at all the major ports around Seneth, and ground soldiers began to push into La'ar. Most of the fighting took place along the outskirts of the city as troops fought to get in, and the La'ar Reef Guard, LRG, held them off using more advanced particle-based weaponry, but eventually many of the soldiers made it in. The most amazing part of the invasion was when the Chonar Reef Guard, CRG, made it to the city. Many of them just stopped. There were reports of full groups of soldiers entering the city and just laying down their weapons, and then wandering around in awe. I should explain that Chonar has been largely cut off for most of Vela for the past 100 rotats. Communication was all done through official channels— and your average resident there didn't really understand what life was like outside of the city and its immediate surroundings. Transmissions in and out of the region were strictly monitored and filtered, so those inside would really only know what the La'arva wanted them to know. When the soldiers arrived in La'ar, they saw the technological advances and what society was like there. Once they left their bubble and started receiving transmissions from the rest of the world, they saw what it was to really be a villain and stopped their assault. Reports of mass defection started coming in shortly after. Much of Seneth remained in the dark for almost six annuals. There were small bubbles of power from solar systems and backup generators that were able to help get some of the more important functions up and running again. But overall, they had to refit the older thermal plants and wind systems to get power back online for everyone. The fusion plant suffered so much damage that it will essentially need to be rebuilt. Sadly, this has had a huge impact on the entire continent, as power usage has come to rely on that plant. General consumption had to be limited, and major installations are still even now running on minimal power. The projected plan for the rebuild of the fusion plant was about two to three rotats, and while it's underway now, it's still a while from being completed. The first few annuls after the attack were some of the hardest that we as a modern society have ever experienced. Greenhouses were hit by attacks and suffered from power loss as well, which meant that food production was severely impacted. Rationing was put in place, and many families had to go without food for cycles on end. I'm not going to lie, Helgi, it was hard to watch. Walking through the streets shortly afterwards was heartbreaking. There were lines everywhere, as those in need sought everything from food and clothing to places to stay for the night, since their homes were caught in some of the blasts. Medical facilities became overrun with casualties, and some of the still standing structures were converted to field hospitals to help with the overflow. In Velen history, there have always been minor skirmishes like the ones that occurred in my early life, but the only time we've seen something of this scale was well over a thousand rotats ago. It began the same way, with Chonar retaliating against perceived hostilities. You would think that we would have learned by now that having a difference of opinion over something shouldn't ever come to violence and that we can use that conflicting viewpoint to learn and grow as a planet. I will always believe that opposition will breed ingenuity and growth, but the downtide to that is you have to accept the consequences that it can bring if something goes wrong. Our ancestors saw the conflict and war that happened so long ago as a chance to attempt a peaceful coexistence with our brothers and sisters in Sonoth, and it lasted for over a thousand Rotats. It is only through ignorance of our past and refusal to accept the change that growing as a world inevitably causes that brought us to where we are now, standing in a city that has been nearly ruined by war. I know that your system has two major political parties on Heimavina, but has nothing like this ever happened there in all your history? Honestly, it sounds like a dream society. I only ever hear about the areas where you grew up in Jodith, Are there other regions that you communicate with that may have differing views than where you lived? We grew up with fictional stories of other places and conflicts raging across countries and planets and galactic systems, but all of that stems from our own interpretation of how our histories have seen that sort of conflict played out on our own world. Back when I was still in my classes and we were studying history, we were given an interesting quandary. If you have a society that has never seen any sort of conflict, and took someone and asked them to write you a story about a war, they wouldn't be able to do it, because they have no experience to draw from. If you have someone who's lived their whole life underground and then asked them to paint the night sky, you have to explain to them what a sky is first. Now that I think about it, this may be why you didn't understand what a bomber was. Oh, Helgi. Did my culture just infect your culture with the atrocities of war? What have we done? As you can imagine, this has all become a political nightmare. The Velen Council is a mess. Since the main council building had been involved in the attacks, the meetings were moved to a fortified alternate location under heavy security. La Arva representatives claim that the attacks were all justified due to rotats of oppression from the Tumasir, and their rights to access religious artifacts being revoked. Many members of the Tumasir representation are still missing. The La'ar Messier reps have stepped up to help speak on their behalf and try to bring an end to this conflict. I wish I could tell you that it was working. The Sionar News Agency has put me on assignment embedded in the council to report directly on the proceedings as well as provide coverage from the various base camps around La'ar. I am sure that you will eventually see some of those broadcasts hit Haimavina, as we've been sending them out wide scale so that everyone on the planet can see what's going on. I have been using my skills as a Velen relations reporter to bring the voices of those affected by this war to the public, worldwide. This means a lot of time in the streets doing interviews. When I'm not there, I'm deep in the council reporting on all the arguments. So many arguments. The latest is about the two Messier representatives that have yet to be found. La Arva is claiming that they are in hiding and are to blame for the retaliation that we are now seeing in Sonoth. Since Chonar has reached the end of their war efforts here, the LRG took the chance to mount an invasion of Chonar. The council representatives from Tumasir claim they have no knowledge of the invasion, but with so many of them unaccounted for, no one really knows. What we are being told is that the skiffs left the southern coast of Senath and landed south of Chonar and pressed north. Aerial surveillance shows thousands upon thousands of troops moving very quickly towards Chonar and decimating the areas they pass through. The Council is trying to establish communication with these forces, but have been cut off at every attempt. Of course now the news has hit the Council of the Planetary Defense Yoher that Haimavina is building, and it's only managed to throw bait into the frenzy. La'ar blames Chonar for making all of Vela look like a warmongering, offensive planet, and Chonar is now claiming that we should build our own defense force should Haimavina ever decide to come and attack us. This, of course, sparks retaliation from La'ar in relation to Chonar leading an attack, and now wanting to wage war for the whole planet. I should note for anyone who may be monitoring these conversations on your end that Vela does not, in fact, want to wage war on anyone. The space program here is struggling, but doing their best to keep up with ongoing missions. Some of the launch pads near La'ar were affected, if not by the direct attack, then by the power issues that followed, so a lot of missions either got scrubbed or moved to other facilities. For those first few Anuls, there were three planned changeover missions for the orbiting station, and it resulted in the astronauts getting stranded there for much longer than planned. A few of the returning astronauts that I spoke to, while they had concerns over the ongoing conflict, seemed very focused on what they could do to help the program along and keep their progress moving. They even expressed condolences for the mana lost in your airlock incident. They know firsthand the dangers of equipment failures. Bro, I am exhausted. Your message came in and it was like a splash of cool water. Hearing about anything other than what's going on here is a relief. Even the little things like hearing about your day-to-day work is refreshing and a great way to take my mind off of things. It's good to remember that there's a whole different world out there where the problems that we are facing, which seem insurmountable here, are just a tiny speck in the grand view of the universe. It's great that you have found a cool-sounding project to dive into. Which leaves me with the coolest aspect of your transmission. You found Dad's missing signal. That satellite that he was working on and was sending stuff to Heimavina? You found it! That's incredible. Any clue what it's saying? I passed word on to mom and Sionar about it, and she sounded excited. She and many of the La'ar lab techs have been working out of the Sionar labs lately, and even with everything that's going on, they all swam all over the news. They're working to compile anything they have from this end to send along if it would help you. May the waves guide us all. Ori. Log entry Haimavina
2: 41. 23, 25, Age of Enlightenment. Hey, hey, Ori. I'm so happy to hear that you are okay. Helgi's out training new astronauts. He loves getting his turn to teach newbies. He's such a sadistic fiska. Anyway, Helgi and I have been in shock since we heard what happened on your planet. At my last show, the band and I had the audience hold up lights as a small gesture to honor those who had died in the bombings. I can't even imagine what you were going through and how scary it must be. The news here hasn't really covered much of what's happened since the initial reports. Helgi and my mom probably know more than I do, but I'm more of an average Yothian when it comes to these things happening off-planet. I'm definitely out of the loop when it comes to politics on your planet, so you may have to explain what the differences are between the Arva and Chonar and the rest. Why do these sects not get along? I understand that one of them is very religious and worships some lander that the ancients sent, But I'm sorry, I don't understand why a group of people would drop explosives on other people over a difference of opinion. I guess our society might seem idyllic in comparison to a society recovering from war. We don't have separate factions, at least not in the way I understand Bella does. But that's not to say that all the groups always get along, or their views aren't challenged, but it never gets truly violent. Mm, But just because we haven't had a war since the Citizonda doesn't mean we're not capable of it. Our Samcoma sounds similar to your council, with members that represent the various groups on Haimavina. They broadly fall into two camps, the Expansionists and the Protectionists. In addition to the planetary body, each continent has its own prime minister and government that is responsible for managing day-to-day issues in local politics. Okay, before this gets too confusing, let me give a quick geography lesson. Haimavina is made up of three continents. Jodeth, Lulea, and Trishaven. Mana primarily live near the equator on the coasts of each of these continents. Jodeth and Lulea are the largest and stretch from the northern ice pole to more or less the equator, while Trishaven extends from the southern pole. There are also many small islands with archipelagos, especially around Trishaven. Trishavn's culture tends to be more relaxed and tends to lean protectionist. It's incredibly beautiful there, and the local economy mainly relies on tourism. Luleans keep many of the traditional ways, but are also avid expansionists. Because of the mild climate, much of the new advanced manufacturing is located there. Ecal is headquartered in the Lulean capital of Stromheim. It also happens to be where Helgi went for his doctorates. Jodath culture is a blend because the Samkoma is located in Hapnina, which is the largest city on the planet. Beyond the large coastal plain, Jodith is heavily mountainous, and the weather is noticeably colder than in Lulea. Okay, so you mentioned you wanted something that would keep your mind off what was going on there. Well, I met someone. I was at the marina, cleaning up the mess that Helgi left on my segbat. Oh, I swear he needs to get his own place. Anyway, I took a break at a nearby cafe shop, and I lost track of time while watching this guy try to learn how to sail. He was terrible, and every time he capsized in the icy water, I just felt worse for him. Eventually, he gave up and came into the shop to warm up, and I paid for his coffee. He thanked me and asked if he could sit with me. He rambled on and on about how stupid sailing was, and I couldn't help but laugh. We talked for hours, and almost without realizing, I invited him to Suna Dog Lunch with my parents. Ori, I swear that I had an out-of-body experience when he showed up. My mom opened the door and said, Dr. Jorgensen? <laughs> Apparently, he's the son of the Prime Minister of Lillia. Clearly, both of us are terrible at recognizing our family's hooflar. He just turned to me and said, Oh, you're free to Neufspark. The Jorgensons, like the Neufsparks, are one of the old families. And while the Neufsparks have been known for inventing things, the Jorgensens run everything in Lillia. They've always been in a position of power and influence. Which brings me to Rowan, who chose to be a doctor instead of a politician. I'm terrible at recognizing faces. My mom knew him through some hypoxia foundations. Or if we didn't meet by chance, I swear to Linnea that we were set up. But my mom wouldn't do that. And there is no way Prime Minister Vera Jorgensen would allow her only child to date a musician, no matter what family I came from. I mean, I've told you about my former lovers. They were usually other musicians or sailors. Remember Nova, the artist? Ooh, she was fun. Last time I spoke with her, she was living at some environmentalist commune, praying to Linnea that the ancients would come home. Mm, at least she was cute. I did not expect to fall for such a normal guy. You know, he has never been to a live concert before. As a little kid, he was basically raised by staff, and his friends were his security detail. He never really traveled outside Lulea until he was a doctor. Helgi, of course, claims to hate him, but I know he doesn't. He's too perfect, he says. He's not. Trust me, he farts and scratches his ass like everyone else. I don't know, Ori. I'm pretty young to get married, but it's totally different with him. I can just be, well, me. He laughs at my weird jokes. My parents love him. Our fathers like to try and outcook each other, and they get together to brew brewer. It's like they're long-lost brothers. It's adorable. Our moms, on the other hand, tolerate each other. It's like watching two ice lions and trying to guess who is going to pounce first. Rowan, Helgi, and I have bets. Am I crazy for liking this guy? Okay, have I drawn down long enough to distract you? I'll let you know what happens. Stay safe, Lolita. I'm thinking about you. Big hugs, Frida.
1: Log entry, Vela 42. Vela Rotat 2647. Cycle 20 of the 6th annual. Hey, hey, sis. It's been so long since I heard from you. I guess your tour schedule has you pretty busy, so I just got into the habit of talking with Helgi more often. I hope he's doing well with his students. I bet he's a pretty good teacher when it comes to something he's passionate about. The geographical information you sent is fascinating. I guess that for so long we've only been talking with your family on Jodath that I didn't even think about all the other regions and cultures you have around your planet. As small as the populated areas on Vela are, we still tend to travel around a lot more, so I get to see so many different sides of things here. I completely agree with you on not understanding why someone would resort to violence just because of an opposing opinion on something, but I am not like most Velen sometimes. It seems like there isn't a society in the galaxy that doesn't have to deal with some sort of conflict. I'm comforted by the fact that at least your society has learned to overcome some of those difficulties. I hope that we can as well. The main cause of the tensions on Vela have been originated from the La'arva sect. This group originated in La'ar thousands of rotats ago, when the ancient device fell from the sky. They claimed that the world should adhere to the strict rulings of the tribes of old and maintain traditions that Velen's followed in the earliest times. The old rules of the mating ceremony and mothers and fathers not staying together after children are born stemmed from that. The Tumasir were an offshoot that, at the start, respected tradition, but were also curious about advances in society. Eventually, they began to study the ancient device and learn to make new innovations. This caused a rift between Tumasir and La Arva. In order to spread the word and escape the corruption of the Tumasir, many of La Arva traveled around the planet to teach their ways and ended up settling in Chonar as their new capital. Chonar citizens are kept in an informational filtered bubble and adhere to strict rules laid down by the sect. Visitors used to be welcome, but they fell under the same rules while there. After the first major conflict between Tumasir and La'arva, a new settlement grew after a failed invasion from the north of Sunath. Sionar was founded, and a new sect grew out of resentment for both factions. This was the start of La'ar Messir. This new sect sought balance between all of our people and claimed that it was possible to respect the old ways and learn from them, but still embrace a new society of change. Living in Sionar has really brought me to respect the Laar-Messire so much more, and I know that my father aligned with them much more than the technological focus of Tumasir. So let me get this correct. Helgi is still living on your Segbat? The famous astronaut and engineer that is the son of a renowned Neufspark is still living on a Segbat. <laughs> I know that you probably have to travel a lot, so living in oddball places is probably normal for you, I know it was for me when I was traveling. But the only place he goes is to space and back. That boy needs to find himself a better place to stay. And wow, a doctor? That sounds amazing, Frida. I'm assuming that medical professionals are as revered on your planet as they are on ours. With all of the medical breakthroughs that are happening here, choosing a doctor as a mate is very sought after. I know that it's hard for you and your family to find someone who doesn't instantly recognize you. And I grew up with the story of your mom's early dating life. I'm sure it's comforting to be able to find someone who can relate to you as just who you are, rather than who you project out to the world. Being a music star is probably enough work for you. It sounds like he really understands you. I hope that your pool is filled with the clearest waters. Speaking of being a music star on your planet... I may have leaked a copy of a few of your songs to a friend of mine that works for Sionar Entertainment Transmissions, Incorporated. so if you hear some broadcasts of your music coming from Vela, you will know why. Apparently you are becoming quite the rising star here as well. Let me know where I can send your commission checks to. Is there somewhere you can spend Velen Kulitz there? Over all the rotats and all of my travels, I have constantly been approached with offers for finding a mate. Some of them have been really great individuals, but honestly, I just haven't found myself attracted to anyone as of late. Aside from all the work and travel that I'm doing, which keeps me plenty busy, and never really in the same place for too long, there's all of the work that goes into keeping up a relationship. I start to understand why our ancestors pushed to having the mating ceremony be over and done with, and the females of our society just went back to their normal lives. The problem is that I can't see doing that to either the mate or to the child. I grew up in a very loving home with both a mother and a father, and I believe I turned out better for it. I respect and love those that want to do that for each other and for the children, but I just don't feel that way for myself. My views are not terribly uncommon in today's society here, but there are always those that think I should be out there finding someone. Regardless of my personal preferences, I'm happy that you found someone to make you happy, and I'm sure that you make the esteemed Dr. Jorgensen happy as well. Thank you for the distraction. It's just what I needed in these times. I wish I could say things have gotten better. Well, some things have, at least. The war has moved from Seneth to Soneth. There's still an entrenched force in Chonar that is battling to keep the city, while soldiers from La'ar, which are just Velen's with personal weaponry, much of it energy-based, have essentially surrounded the city. Most of the force was brought in by a skiff to the coast, and there were minor battles leading up to the city. But the last stand seems to be happening at the capital. Air assaults have dwindled, and now it's just skirmishes on the outer edges of the city. These air assaults were air skiffs with weaponry that can assault the ground with explosions and projectiles. The rebuilding of La'ar has begun, and you can hardly even see much of the destruction that was evident a few rotats ago. Buildings have been repaired and reinforced, and most of the residents are getting back to what constitutes a normal life now. Even the power is becoming more stable. Many of the older plants have been refitted and brought back online, and the fusion plant in Nosanar is almost completed. There are now new plans to keep the geothermal plants online and producing backup power, should anything like this ever happen again. In some ways, that's good because it'll mean more jobs for the areas affected by the implementation of the fusion plant, and a sense of security that we should hopefully never have to face something as bad as what happened here. Politically, the council is still a mess. Many of the Tumasir representatives are still missing, and believed to be forming a shadow government for the city. The representatives that are showing at the council have denounced the group and are fighting for troop withdrawal. La Arva members are dwindling, having given up on the council, and heading back to Sonath to try and aid in the efforts there. I'm actually leaving La'ar in the next few cycles to go back home to Sionar, as the La'Mesir sect is setting up a provisional council on more neutral grounds there. The SNA has asked that I stay with the council and work as a communications liaison to bring up-to-date information to the rest of the world, and the representatives from La'Mesir have agreed to have me be the voice of the council to everyone else. I'm still not sure if this is a promotion or punishment. I'll miss the limited time I had as an anchor for the SNA, but being a communications representative for the Council is sort of a big deal. Since all of the fighting has now been contained to just the regions around Chonar, life for everyone else on Seneth, and even around Sionar, has started to return to what it was before all of the chaos. The war is now something you see on the vids and hear about through the transmissions. For those who live outside Laar, it seems distant. Many just go about their normal lives and hope for a better outcome for those affected, but it's like watching a drama play out for someone else, to them. I'm really looking forward to getting home to Sionar. Mom is still there, and I think she's planning on staying there when she retires soon. It'll be nice to spend some time with her. Hopefully by the time you reply, I'll have some more uplifting news to report. May the waves guide us all. Ori
0: Log Entry Haimovina 42 2327 Age of Enlightenment Hey, hey Ori. Congratulations on the new position. It sounds really cool, and you'll know what's going on inside the government. I wonder if they'll keep you in the spokesperson role with all the experience you've gained during your field career. It seems like you'd make a good ambassador or something like that. I don't know. I'm just a space jockey who lives most of his life in the Salardos. I'm glad to hear that fighting has subsided and rebuilding has begun. I feel for those who have lost loved ones and friends. I hope by the time you receive this message, all the parties involved have put away their weapons and are talking. Even though you walked me through it, I still don't understand what happened, but it seems to me that unless people are actually talking to each other, there's room for misunderstanding and violence. Speaking of, have they found the Tomasir representatives yet? Well, if Chonar was planning to attack our planet, they missed their chance. Frida's wedding would have been the perfect opportunity to take out most of the Samcoma including the Lulean government, Werkstatt's leadership, and most of the matriarchs of the oldest families on Heimovina. The wedding was a traditional three-day event with plenty of drinking, games, and partying. Honestly, it was more for Rowan's mother than it was for them. My sister and Rowan don't really care. There were speeches about joining families and blah blah blah. Langama Fifi would have loved it. She was a fan of the super traditional stuff. I heard her say more than once that she wished mom and dad had done something like this rather than a drunken party at a rooftop bar in the marina. Funny side note, Rowan's grandmother can out-drink anyone. She's a blast. Frida likes to make fun of me for living on the Segbat, but it's honestly perfect for me. I'm gone a lot, and it doesn't make any sense to have an apartment. I know we've talked about this before, but Mana tend to live close to family in the water, so... The Segbat is comforting when I'm home. I can fall asleep to the sound of the water on the hull, which isn't all that different from the sound of life support equipment. I do have a small studio flat in the staff dormitory at Ecal headquarters, but I only stay there just before or after a mission. And she can complain all she wants, but I pay the slip fees and the maintenance so she can go swimming off a glacier. Stay safe. I can't wait to hear what you've been up to. Helgi.
1: Log Entry, Vela 43, Vela Rotat 2649, Cycle 12 of the 7th Anul. Hey, hey, bro. The wedding sounds like it was a fantastical experience. I kind of wish that Velen's were more excited about ceremonial parties. Ours tend to be much more subdued routines. They're beautiful on their own. But when I hear about some of the events you have there, ours just feel simple and plain. I would have loved to see all of the festivities, and I'm sure that Frida looked stunning. Please send pictures if you can get some. Oh, and don't worry about any sort of potential Chonar attack on Haimavina. Based on what's going on here, Chonar won't be doing much anytime soon, except rebuilding. That may have sounded a bit harsh. What I meant to say is that, thankfully, the hostilities have ceased, and the war is now over. Chonar surrendered around five annuls ago, and focus has been around trying to repair the damage done physically, politically, and emotionally. To catch you up on what happened, the LRG troops formed a blockade around the city and cut off essential supplies only allowing the minimum needed to sustain life. Broadcasts were piped in on various channels showing the residents of Chonar what life was really like around the rest of the planet, and the destruction caused by the La'arva sect. After three annuals of this, the leaders of Chonar offered a full surrender and allowed troops in. There were still some hostilities and resentment, but overall the surrender went well, and I have heard from some of my colleagues that visited that many of the residents are relieved to have this be over. While much of the force that was used to subdue Chonar has now withdrawn, there's still a presence there whose focus is to maintain the peace. I think that there are concerns that some deeply rooted members of the La'ar may try to instigate more aggressions, and the council is eager to keep tensions low. They fear that if there was a full withdrawal, that attacks would just resume. Shortly after the notification of surrender, the missing members of the Tumasir sect resurfaced, and claimed that this victory was their doing. They demanded that the council be brought back to La'ar and new elections held. Those members were immediately arrested for crimes against the Velen people and instigating open hostilities without negotiation. This was the only condition that Chonar made. The council members from La Arva actually did not want open hostilities and much like the Tumasir, it was only select and apparently influential members that sought this conflict. On both sides, those members await trials. Personally, my vote was to lock all of those members in a room with each other. If they want to fight, they can do it on their own. As for me, I moved back to Sionar to work with the council on a full-time basis. Thankfully, Mom was staying in my apartment while I was gone, so it wasn't quite as musty and messy as usual when I got back from so much time away. In fact, I think she cleaned most of the place up, I hardly recognized it. Mom is retired now, so she has lots of time to do all the things she's always wanted to do. She's even talked of traveling around, saying that some of my stories have given her new gills on getting out there to see everything. She really deserves to have some time off, so we're planning out her tour. While I may be able to visit with her in some places, I won't be traveling with her due to my schedule here. The Provisional Council is now in a voting session to stay in Sionar for the foreseeable future. As you can imagine, this is great for me since I love this city and I hope to stay here. Still, I would probably move if I had to since the new position is great. While stressful at times, this has been the highlight of my career especially covering all of the events of the conflict and relaying all the inner dialogue of the Council out to the rest of the planet. I've been in touch with previous Council com reps, and they said that my coverage has been some of the most turbulent they've seen. Most of their reporting was on new zoning measures and answering questions about potential political scandals. It's a little weird getting asked all these questions by those who, just a few rotats ago, were my friends and colleagues. All of them are looking to me to provide all these answers when I can only repeat what I have seen or heard in sessions and in my talks with the representatives and then condense all that down to something that can be presented easily and quickly. It's maddening and a rush all at the same time. Every time I end a conference, it's like I just swam against the current of the sea for a full cycle. One of the agenda topics for the council is going to be about building a more permanent station on the surface of Chona, The VSA has been able to continue most of its missions, and is set to start building soon. If all goes well, this new encampment could become a full manufacturing and launch facility that'll be used for upcoming missions to Nora. While most of the planet has been focused on the conflict, the VSA has made it a sort of side mission to provide a light in the darkness and give Vela something to look forward to. While it wasn't much, it has helped a lot of us realize that there's more to life than what happens in our little cities. I hope to have some more information on this soon, and I will be glad to start reporting on something boring, like, you know, space travel. You do know that the Segbat living situation is just a way for both Frida and I to poke fun at you. You've excelled at everything and live an awe-inspiring life, so we have to find something to give you a hard time over. It's done out of love, so don't give Frida too much of a hard time over it. As much as I would love to talk more, because you know I would... I have to sign off for now. There's another session tomorrow that I have to prepare for. Give Frida a big congratulatory hug for me. May the waves guide us all. Ori. You have been listening to an episode of Binary Saga. The part of Ori is read by Juliana Finch, Helgi is read by Paul Anderson. Frida is read by L.A. Music by Eric Matthias and soundimage.org. Find us on Twitter and Facebook with at TheBinarySaga. Want to ask us questions? You can join us on our Discord for general chat. Find all of these links and more information at BinarySaga.com. If you like what we're doing, please consider visiting our Patreon page which can be found in the Where to Find Us menu on our website, or please leave a review on your favorite podcast app.